The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Says who? Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, we both did. She went to college, too. I went to Normandale for about a year and a half. Yeah, that's where we met. But I dropped out, though. Yeah, she dropped. Yeah. So where are you girls from? Chaska. Lesueur. But I went to high school in White Bear Lake. Go Bears. Okay. I want you to tell me what these fellas look like. Well, the little guy, he was kind of funny looking. In what way? I don't know, just funny looking. Can you be any more specific? I couldn't really say. He wasn't circumcised. Was he funny looking apart from that? Yeah. So, you were having sex with a little fella then? Uh-huh. Is there anything else you can tell me about him? No. Like I say, he was funny looking. More than most people, even. What about the other fella? He was a little older. You know, he looked like the Marlboro Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But maybe I'm saying that, you know, because he smoked a lot of Marlboros. Uh-huh. You know, like a subconscious type of thing. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Hey, they said they were going to the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, is that useful to you? Oh, you betcha, yeah. Yeah. Bob Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. We're like the stupid people. God damn it! From our nation's capital. It is uh, Thursday, March 8, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hi, how are you? Hello, Bob. Hi. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get legal advice or just get the best lawyer in the world at TheBowenLawGroup.com. Okay, uh, gigantic bucket of show. Too many things to talk about, as uh, as always. I love these shows. It's it's Trump Crisis Day four thirteen. Two hundred and forty three days left until the uh, the midterm election. And uh, God damn it, where do we begin? Oh, let's do this. Let's bring in Jackie Schechner. Hi, Jackie. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Well, hello. Jackie. I understand your need to be taken seriously, but moving across the country is a little drastic. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, I, I guarantee to you this had nothing to do with, hey, you know what? Let's move to uh, Washington, D.C. so we can be taken more seriously. <laughs> so you say. God damn. Well, uh, right now at this point, I, uh, I am pretty well set up. I spent half the day yesterday 
organizing all of my goddamn cables behind my my new desk and thing. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna take a picture after the show of my new setup. And then I'll post it on Facebook because I'm actually quite happy. Because nothing says I want to see that than you talking about cable. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> Everyone can can gaze at the splendor of my cable organization <laughs> and behind my new desk. So it's you are a- just a ball of excitement, Bob. <laughs> Nobody else. But I, but I am glad that you guys made it across the country safely and you're settled in and you'll yeah. have furniture any day now. So yeah, that's cool. That's right. We're, we're scheduled to have our furniture by next Tuesday. Oh, good. <laughs> that's right. But I mean, we had our priorities. I, you know, for example, I FedExed my computer. I FedExed there my computer go. to myself so that it would be here uh, when we got here. And then uh, we, we also FedExed our television. <laughs> We had to FedEx <laughs> one of our two televisions. We FedEx to ourselves, no, so we were absolutely certain. Yeah, uh, so we honest, we, right? Exactly. Honest. You sure. know where your priorities are. I know. If you're moving across country, make sure you bring your computer and your television, especially if you do stupid crap on the internet like I do. Well, you know, for the rest of the show, I want you to to refer to me as David Dennison. That's my <laughs> that's my favorite new. <laughs> Pseudonym David Dennison. He's right up there with who was his other nickname? You know, Trump. Well, there likes was John his, Miller, John, and John Miller, Barron. right? And then John mm-hmm. Barron. Who, you know, it's so funny that audio of him calling whoever that was that reporter as John Miller, disguising himself as Donald Trump's <laughs> PR agent. To brag about his own sexual conquest. To brag about his own sexual conquest. Good God. And now the other alias that he uses is David Dennison. He's like, uh, you know, he's like Hannibal from the A-Team. He's got some stupid, uh, you know, alter ego. He's got some disguise, some pseudonym. I just don't understand. I mean, maybe legally there's a reason for this, but if it's going to say David Dennison, a.k.a., and then a blank, and you fill in the blank... What's the point of having David Dennison on I there? I know. I know. It's so lame. I mean, his names, his nicknames, his whatever you want to call them, pseudonyms, are actually much worse than... Because I, I come from a radio background, and I knew a lot of guys with stupid, cheesy radio names. In fact, I, I do have a story coming up here, because we're going to talk about the fact that uh, apparently with the Miss Universe pageant, Donald Trump was really choosy about who the winners of the Miss Universe pageant should be. He didn't want anyone being too ethnic. And my link to that is I had to change my name. I was forced to change my name for a radio job because my actual name, according to this program director in Allentown, Pennsylvania, my my name, Bob Seska. But, you know, Bob, you know how ethnic that is. But I guess <laughs> my, la- my last name, Seska, was considered too ethnic for the Allentown, Pennsylvania marketplace. And so you're saying Schechner would have been a problem. <laughs> Schechner probably would have been a bit of a problem for that guy uh, because what I had to change my name to, and I've told this story before. So Stretch Armstrong or something it like was, that. It was kind of like that. It was, it was Stretch Cunningham. You know why? Because I'm tall. And as you know, tallness translates really well in an audio only format like radio. Like everyone listening on the radio is like, oh, yeah, that's because he's tall. Because <laughs> as we can plainly see, you know, through, that matters yeah. through our radio. Okay. So before we dive into the Isakoff David Korn uh, excerpt from their new book in, on Yahoo News, which has all kinds of fun excerpts that we're going to read about today on the show, let's talk about Stormy Daniels and David Dennison and 
Um, this was the biggest deal that I saw to come out of the last 24 hours, Jackie. And we're going to cover more aspects of this as we go. But apparently there's something in this NDA that Stormy Daniels signed that Michael Cohen also signed. You remember Michael Cohen? Says who? That guy. Um, mm. He also uh, included in this NDA something about not mentioning paternity information. Paternity. Yeah. Because wouldn't that my first thought was what if the winner of the evangelical vote in the 2016 election paid for an abortion for his porn star mistress that would be an amazing turn of events and you know what some someone said on twitter jackie that there could be video of him literally performing the abortion himself, and the oh, evangelicals God. would still they be okay care. with that. Yeah, no, no, they yeah, wouldn't they think care. he was chosen from God. So That's right. If, if what if, was it like? Imperfect messengers <laughs> delivering the message. Something. I mean, there is no excuse too ridiculous. No. To somehow explain away the evangelical support of this man. No. I mean, he is against everything, from what I understand, everything that, that the Bible stands for right. and everything that religion preaches. And yet there's somehow he still has the support of people who claim to be God-fearing uh, religious people. Right. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, in, in their head, however they've explained it away. But... One way or another, Jackie, uh, somehow in, we as the American people, as the American voters, somehow deserve this, that, that within, I imagine, the next few weeks, if not the next couple of months, that we're eventually going to see a Donald Trump dick pic, which is Yeah, just, I don't yeah. want it. No. I don't want it. No, no. please, no. And it's going to be gross. And I, I can only imagine, like, the Donald Trump gingy dick pic Ugh. with... With oh. everything looking orange and inflamed and just red and sh- <laughs> shrit with like gray hair mixed in with the, it's just like. <laughs> just, He's the kind of guy who would download other people's dick pics. Yeah. You know, like he would send off. I have a friend who does a joke about that, how there's so much hacking going on that he <laughs> downloads bigger dick pics. So that if somebody ever hacks his phone, they think it's him. Like, yeah. I get the impression. I totally give John credit for that one because that's his joke. It's very funny in his stand up routine. But it's true. I mean, Donald yeah. Trump strikes me as the kind of guy that would like scour the internet for better dick pics and send yeah. those out. I mean, well, nothing about this man is honest or true. No, so. not at all. He's all about PR. He's all about inflating whatever it is that he's doing. And, you know, there's, there was actually a scene in this in this excerpt from David Isikoff and, and David Korn, where they talk about how Donald Trump is uh, discussing uh, private jets with one of the Agalarov guys. Uh, I think it's, it was Eris Agalarov who was saying he was just about to buy a Gulf, Gulfstream 360 or something like that, whatever they're called. And Trump said, no, you don't say that. What you say is, I'm only one of 100 people to purchase a Gulfstream 360. You have to know how to promote yourself. So I'm thinking what's going to happen with these you know, Donald Trump dick pics. Yeah. Is that um if if his if his wiener looks big, he'll actually cop to it. He'll actually say, you know what, that's that's totally mine. I I, mm-hmm. I sent it to Stormy Daniels. What are you gonna make of it? And then he'll go and do a rally and be like, That's okay if I sent my dick pic to Stormy Daniels. That's okay. It's okay with you, right? And then everyone goes, Yahoo, woohoo and and gives him tacit approval for his dick pic. But mm-hmm. But if his wiener looks like what we expect it to look like, uh, you know, gherkin, gherkin size, <laughs> that he'll say, no, totally, totally not, totally not my dick Fake pic. Fake news. 
That is fake news. That dick pic is absolutely I can't believe we're even discussing this about the President of the United States. Like, we've gotten to the point where we're discussing whether the President of the United States has sent a picture of his penis to a porn star. That's the conversation we're having. It's it's extraordinary. I'm kind of shocked we've made it this far without having seen one already. The other thing, too, is that there's irrefutable evidence that this man lies and the people around him lie constantly. Like, Mm. there is nothing that they say or offer that is true. And so the fact that they're even continuing to give White House press briefings, the fact that they're even (laughs) continuing to try to spin stories is so extraordinary. Like nothing they say is true. How do you, it's like two truths and a lie. It's like three lies and maybe a half truth. Like there's nothing that these people ever offer that has even an an inkling of truth to it. Right. If they say Donald Trump boarded Marine One to fly to uh, Camp David, then that's true. But that of course can be easily verified. Nothing else else they no. say is absolutely is, is true in any way and no, so we find out about meetings with russian spies or russian spy chiefs through yep. russia mm-hmm. you know we find out about all of these things that calls with foreign leaders through those foreign leaders yep they, they can't give an honest answer to anything sarah sanders stands at the podium every day and lies it's amazing. Yeah, and of course she lied yesterday about this alleged arbitration that went on, which was the dumb thing. I mean, once again, here we are with the the Trump White House being the the stupid people, right? You're like the stupid people. You're like absolutely the stupid people. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Seals and Croft, apparently was scolded by the president for yesterday's stormy remarks where she said, actually, Trump said he's, the readout is that Trump is very unhappy, quote unquote. He's very unhappy with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, I mean, they're pushing back on that report now, obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. which doesn't mean anything because right. everything we get out of the White House, they push back on. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, he's not. He thinks she did a fine job. I, you know, I trust uh, Jim Acosta over whatever comes out of the White House. Oh, is, yeah. And, if and, someone's leaking that information, that means it's true because they hate him. Everybody yeah. in the White House hates him. It's 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 they're every man for themselves. They're more than willing to eat their own. They they want to come out of this. I think they want to come out of this with as much personal gain as humanly possible. Yep. And then they get out of the White House and they try to salvage their reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's and that's, loyal in there to 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 the point where they're willing to sacrifice their own personal gain. Well, I can't even imagine him being able to hire anybody. I mean, who would be masochistic enough at this point to say, hey, you know what? I want to be the next White House communications director. Well, he says, I mean, he says that, that everybody wants to work <laughs> for the White House and everybody yeah. wants to work for him. I mean, he's, sure. he's like, I can get anybody I want. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The next person who will take over communications director will be fluent in balloon animals and close up magic. I think that's that's <laughs> as far down the ladder of, you know, a monster.com or wherever, wherever he's going for jobs now. That's where he has to go. He has to go to people who have like degrees from clown college or something. That's how deep <laughs> Trump has to dive into the employment pool. So Remind me to come back to Scaramucci, by the way, when we start to talk about the Seychelles stuff. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting angle. And when you talk about who's becoming White House communications director and why, mm-hmm. there's a really interesting twist in that story now. So just remind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, meanwhile, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders yesterday in the press briefing was talking about how uh, there, she said here yesterday, the arbitration was one. Are you having a microphone problem <laughs> here? Like, yeah, just a little bit. Right? Is, is something collapsing? So I, have wi- 
Yeah, I know. So I have a windscreen on my microphone. Oh, yes, me and too. It, it collapsed. Oh, so no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tighten it up. Here you need some it, Viagra so. for your windscreen. Exactly. For, for the, the Nerf it wilted. Ball. Is it one of those circular yes. things, or are you talking about the Nerf yes. ball thing that goes, oh, it's a, oh, you have one of those? No. That's fancy. That's fancy schmancy. I don't even have one of those. I just use. Yeah, no, it attaches to the microphone and it just it just collapsed. So it's fine now. In fact, I have a brand new Nerf ball that I just put on on my microphone. (laughs) Always do your podcast with a Nerf ball on your microphone. That's my uh, word of advice for all podcasters. (laughs) I didn't think you could outdo yourself on the cable conversation, but windscreens (laughs) and microphone covers. I mean, you've just elevated this conversation to a whole new level. (laughs) Yeah, well, when in Rome, here we are in Washington, D.C., and talking about a president who is literally the scum of the earth and wait till we get wait till we get to this scene at this nightclub in las vegas in this new david corn piece but anyway should we so, keep teasing it or should we get to it quicker well we're think? gonna we're gonna talk about it uh probably around the well we'll get to it as soon as we get to it which will be in the show Fine. at some point i know you're um, such a tease but so so the, the, okay so sarah hugby sanders let it drop that there was some kind of arbitration between trump and stormy daniels that never ever 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 took place ever ever but for some reason, she let this drop, which I don't even know where she got this from. I, did Trump tell her to say this? Probably not, because Trump is pissed off that she was talking about it. It's something, he was pissed off that, that she was talking about something that never happened. That's how down well, I was reading that the, perhaps there was some sort of like injunction or they're trying to get a restraining order to get her to stop talking. Yeah. Could that have been a reference to that? It, it could be. But, I mean, here we have, uh, there's a piece uh, in the uh, uh, Law and Crime blog, lawandcrime.com. And, and here it, it has the quote, first of all. Here's what Sanders said. The arbitration was won in the president's favor. I would refer you to the president's outside counsel. Well, uh, this person writes, well, as for Sanders' first sentence, read on. As for her second sentence, I probably wouldn't do that because the president's outside counsel might be losing his law license sooner <laughs> than <laughs> later. Law and crime already covered this aspect of the alleged Trump victory over Daniels in a previous report. Since that report was issued, however, new details have come to light about the alleged arbitration victory for the president, and those details only make it worse for Team Trump. According to a Wednesday report by NBC, Trump attorney Michael Cohen, this guy, right? Says who? <laughs> have to always play that by the way i love that and i'm driving kimberly nuts every time <laughs> we're watching rachel we're watching chris hayes we're watching Lawrence o'donnell and they're showing b-roll of of michael cohen as soon as he comes on the screen i gotta go says who right i have to actually <laughs> say that so anyway so michael cohen is uh, trying to silence daniels from saying anything about trump's alleged high price adultery by way of private arbitration proceedings daniels lawsuit makes note of this tactic by referencing a bogus arbitration proceeding initiated against her by Cohen in Los Angeles on February 27. During that proceeding, Cohen obtained a temporary restraining order against Daniels from a private arbitrator. Reporter Sarah Fitzpatrick obtained a copy of the that temporary restraining order. This order purports to bar Daniels from disclosing, quote, confidential information related to the non-disclosure agreement. This is all very exciting. Right, isn't it? Uh, let's sort through this. Well, I'm one. trying to think. So it did have to do with the temporary restraining order. And I, I think from what I read that the non-disclosure agreement that they did or did not sign 
said that they could go get this kind of restraining order without even telling her. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so what they're so what they're saying is uh, the arbitration proceedings occurred, quote unquote, surreptitiously. That is without Daniel's knowledge. The suit notes that Cohen did so, even provo- uh, providing Daniels with notice of the proceeding. Uh, and and basic due process. The Daniels lawsuit continued. Put simply, considerable steps have been taken by Mr. Cohen in the last week to silence Daniels through the use of an improper and procedurally defective arbitration proceeding hidden from public view. So that doesn't say that's well. You know what? Not only does it not seem fair, but it seems completely in keeping with everything that the, the Trump world is engaged in. S- secret arbitration meetings about porn porn stars who Trump slept with. Run yeah, by- and there's if there's nothing to see here, why are we going to such secret lengths to keep her quiet? Yeah, exactly right. Well, see, that's the genius of this lawsuit filed by Stormy Daniels, which is that what is Trump going to do? Like sue her to, to I don't know what to to stop anything that Trump does to stop whatever Stormy Daniels is doing right now is going to make Trump look guilty. Although right, although that hasn't stopped him in the past because as we know, everything that Trump does makes him look more guilty. So that's where that is. And by the way, no press briefing today <laughs> because of There's apparently, yeah, whatever happened between Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Donald Trump has led to there being no press but briefing. But this was today. inevitable. I mean, when you lie and lie and lie, it's really hard to keep all the lies straight over time. Yeah. So it was inevitable that she was going to slip up somewhere along the way. Right. Um, and and I mean, that's not a surprise, right? I mean, it's, she gets caught in the lies all the time, but it was inevitable that she was going to let something slide that she he didn't want her to. So I guess when she's given carte blanche to lie in, in, in support of Donald Trump... Maybe this lie was something that he didn't want out there anyway. Yeah, I mean, maybe he needed. Pl- she needed plausible deniability. She needed to pull one of those. I haven't discussed it yet. Or, yeah, you know, or I'll get back to you on it. Or I've already discussed that. Or you know, whatever the talking points are that she likes to throw in to get herself out of a sticky situation. Well, all of these Trump people in the White House need shock collars. One of these. One of these these collars on their necks, like every time they go to blab something accidentally or make things worse for themselves or somehow (laughs) reveal classified information or make themselves look guilty is just... They got John Kelly's got to be around the corner with this button. How about not though? How about we just let them bury themselves? (laughs) At this point, the faster we get to the bottom of all of this, the safer for this country. Oh, trust me. I'm perfectly fine with them continuing to blab all they want because it just makes it easier for the rest of us to follow along. What's you know really going on behind the scenes. I will tell you this after all this work I've done on Russia and connecting the dots with the Trump administration, all this work, if a dick pic takes him down, I'm going to be super (laughs) disappointed. I know. (laughs) God, I mean, that's just it. I'd like to get him on something a little more substantive than he sent his picture of his penis to a porn star. Well, I mean, that also raises an interesting conundrum, which is that let's say Russia never happened. Let's say that whole thing never occurred with the election and the ongoing tampering and the the conspiracy between the Trump people and the Russians and all the money laundering and obstruction. Let's say that all just went away. Your entire life's work at this point, Jackie (laughs) Schechner, all goes away. Investigate Russia.org never existed. But but there are still so many things. There are so many impeachable things that this oh, yeah. administration is responsible yeah. for. Absolutely. I'd be on to something else for sure. Yeah. Um, there'd be a yeah. way to, to get this angst out. But um, I, I mean, I, I was just sitting here thinking when you said it, like if this all went away, I 
I don't know. I may regret saying this, but I don't think he would have gotten elected without what Russia did. Oh no! I just the the more I know and the more I read and the more we we hear about what the influence campaign was behind the scenes, like I just don't think it would have happened. I don't think that the rhetoric against Clinton would have been as strong. I don't think the misinformation and disinformation would have spread as far and wide. Yeah. I don't think that the the rallies would have been as intense. Like I just. I think the hatred for her was so amplified mm-hmm. by the stuff that was done behind the scenes. Um, I, I And I think the digital effort was aided in some way. I mean, that's just from what I, I've read and what my instincts and inclinations are. I don't, I don't have definitive proof, yeah. but I think it was James Clapper who said last night on CNN, like the thought that the votes weren't somehow influenced or changed <laughs> is incomprehensible. Like, oh, it's yeah. just not feasible to believe that there wasn't an influence. Whether Now, look, there's a differentiation between whether Russian hackers went in and actually changed vote tallies. Like That's, that's another step, right? And we don't have any definitive proof that that's happened. And mm. that's fair to say. Like We don't know that actual physical votes were changed, right. although there is some, you know, there, there is some circumstantial evidence uh, inclinations to make you want to look deeper at that just because of where the tallies were closest and what the states were that Clinton lost that could have been helpful to her. Yeah. Um, Quick. I mean, ultimately there's no way of even knowing. I mean, if they're changing votes, they would have and there's to no find, paper trail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would, would have to, to know. Right. They would have to find some sort of at least a digital trail of breadcrumbs to determine that that votes were changed by Russians. I mean, right. And, and I'm, I, you know, that's another conversation. Yeah. And digital forensics can can take a look at that. And maybe down the line, we'll find out that it did. But but as far as vote votes being influenced mm-hmm. um, or people being disenfranchised, encouraged not to turn out. I mean, I, I don't. I think there's no way you can say that didn't have an impact. It absolutely did. They wouldn't have put so much time and energy into something that didn't work. Right, right. They absolutely the the Russian attack absolutely changed the course of the election because there you go. As you're, it saying, may not have changed votes physically, right? But it absolutely influenced the course of the election. Yes, I, I think mean, that's very fair to say. They were meddling with voter registration, at least in some districts. They were uh, certainly. And, and this is one of the major prongs of the entire attack, which was they were changing people's minds mm-hmm. and perniciously on using social media to do that. So you can't yeah. you really you can't really go into uh, all the Facebook ads and the Twitter ads and all the spamming by the, uh, the the troll farm and the Internet Research Agency and all that and determine how many minds were changed, how many like idea like. So you go in and you're you're planning to vote for Hillary Clinton and then you're inundated with all this shit throughout the summer of 2016 on Facebook and Twitter. And you go, you know what? I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because she's corrupt and I preferred Bernie. And so I'm just going to vote for Donald Trump because, well, I mean, or I'm not going to vote or, I, or I'm not going to vote. Exactly. And so because there was a real effort to depress Trump. There was a real effort to tell minority voters not to turn out that yeah. Hillary was worse. Right. And there was an effort and there was an effort to say send a message and the the Bernie yep. supporters who were diehard. And look, I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary mm-hmm. and I wasn't a huge Clinton fan. I knew that she was infinitely more qualified than Donald Trump. Yeah. And I was more than happy to get on that bandwagon when it looked like Trump was was making a surge and he won the Republican primary. Yep. But um, I was a Bernie supporter because I believed in a lot of what he stood for. Right. Um, but the the ongoing assault on Clinton once she became the nominee, uh, that we know was intentional, that there was an intentional effort to try to d- 
divide the Democratic vote. And that goes way, way back. I mean, Putin has good, deep-seated reason to hate Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. And they were, he was actively working. And look, we only know right now about the Internet Research Agency, that one Kremlin-linked troll farm. That does not mean there aren't others. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean that there wasn't a concerted effort elsewhere. It doesn't mean that there weren't payments. It doesn't mean that there weren't you know, coordinated efforts that we haven't found out about yet. Mm-hmm. And and I think people need to keep that in mind. Like, we know about the IRA, frankly, because the IRA wanted us to know. Like, it, that information got out intentionally, I think. Yeah. But there oh, yeah. could be others that we don't know anything about. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you mentioned that, too, because yeah, I, you know what, I, we, what we finally watched on Netflix uh, last night, which is the Academy Award winning documentary, uh, Icarus. I can't believe you just watched that. I saw you post that on Twitter. Had I not told you to watch that before, I tell everybody to watch it. Yeah, I don't think you did and uh, I think uh, one of our listeners actually tweeted at me and said have you watched Icarus yet and I've, I've heard of it I've seen the trailer I've wanted to watch it it's just like the shit gets real and and, and you end up missing it in your schedule. So uh, we finally ended up watching it last night, and holy What'd hell. What'd you think? Well, I, you know, it was breathtaking. It was, it was mm-hmm. absolutely mind-blowing. Where It starts out where you think it's going to be one thing, a, a yep. fairly standard documentary about a guy experimenting with doping for the, for the sake of, you know, proving a thesis in this documentary. And then it takes this wild turn into uh, Russian, I mean, Russian state-sponsored doping and corruption and a cover-up and the Russian uh, anti-doping lab. And then this guy, obviously, who is sort of the Edward Snowden of this, this Russian uh, scientist. And, and it's just, it's absolutely insane. And, and you begin to wonder, Putin got caught again. I wonder if he wants to get caught. I wonder if... Part of the program that Vladimir Putin is conducting in terms of worldwide PR for Russia and, and engaging in all of this election disruption, not only in the United States, but throughout Europe as well. And then also on top of it, engaging in this doping program sponsored by the Kremlin to cheat in the Olympics and, and then getting caught again there, too. Well, every single occasion, every time we... We see one of these things where, where uh, Putin is engaged in some form of worldwide corruption. It, he's all we, we know about it because he's always getting caught. And again, I'm wondering if that's... But there's no repercussions, and that's the crazy part. And the only yeah. repercussions so far have been sanctions, and he's actively working to get those repealed. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it in a larger scale, right, I mean, the... the International Olympic Committee went and reinstated the Russian standing. And, and I mean, it was D- Danny, my boyfriend, and I were laughing about this because we were watching the Olympics and it's the Olympic athletes from Russia, right? Russia wasn't allowed to compete against its under its own flag. It was the OAR. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so wait a minute. They're allowed to compete, but the Olympic Committee is going to pay for their uniforms? <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it's going to sponsor that? Like, Russia just got away with it. Like, you guys get to compete. You just get, we're just going to pay for all your stuff. Like, yeah, that was the weird part of it. You know, you think somehow, I, I think it it was WADA kind of um, eating a little bit of crow. Like, you know what? If we don't do this, then, I mean, it's entirely possible that WADA, there's compromise on WADA. I mean, it's just, that's what makes it the World Anti-Doping Agency. Right. That's what I first thought of when it, when WADA said, okay, you know what? The Russians can compete, uh, minus a few of them. The Russians can compete in Rio. This was in the 2016 Summer Olympics. And you go, oh, oh okay, I get it. <laughs> the WADA guys, maybe Dick, the guy's name is Dick Pound. He's the head of, <laughs> Dick Pound is the head of WADA. And this was like this. There was this uh, story out of Georgia about people uh, providing deer semen as campaign donations, and uh-huh, and one of the yeah. one of the people's names in the story was Buck Wood. 
Oh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder if Dick Pound ever got together with Buck Wood to talk politics at some point. <laughs> but so, you know, I thought first and foremost, well, this is obviously they're, they're being allowed in because they've got compromat on on the heads of uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency. So that's how they were able to circumvent that. But, you know, anyway, I could spend hours and hours and hours talking about the doping scandals and, and the issues surrounding uh, Russia and, and the Olympics and all of that. But I, wanted- well, I was lucky enough to go. There was a screening here in L.A. with the filmmaker. And then they had uh, Rob Reiner and Julia Ioff, or Joffe, I don't know how she pronounces her wow. name, um, from The Atlantic, mm-hmm. uh, doing a little bit of a Q&A panel afterwards. Uh, and so that was really neat to be able to see it in that environment and to hear them talk about the danger that this scientist is in. Um, so I would, I would highly recommend it. And what we came out of that with was if Putin's willing to go to these lengths for gold medals in sport... Yeah. Imagine what lengths he's willing to go to for control of the White House. Oh, and that's, yeah. you know, that was the analogy we were able to make is that there is really nothing he'll stop at. He's not going to be able to match us militarily. So what he does is he controls through hacking and through subversive measures and spying and all of the things that he knows as a longtime uh, KGB agent. Yeah. And so that's the way that Russia's dominating on the world scene. And frankly, if he can weaken us and he can weaken the West and he can put division into the European Union, uh, then he makes Russia stronger and he becomes more of a force in the Middle East. He becomes uh, more of a a world power in uh, other ways other than just having economic or military might. And really the one thing that he's stuck on now is sanctions. Yeah. And he's working with the Trump administration to try to get those rolled back. <laughs> I mean, it's Christ. it's not all that it's not that hard to follow, is what I'm trying to say. I right. guess is that it's it's all very obvious, and anybody who wants to pay attention to it will find the dots connecting themselves. I keep saying mm-hmm. it, but it's true. Like nobody knows this many Russians. It's abundantly clear what's going on. All you have to do is be tuned into it. Well, the one thing that Russia is really good at, I think uh, Russia is now the world leader in missile tests presented in cartoon animation form. So that's, <laughs> that's one area that uh, Putin is dominating the world. Oh, know? before we get off this, also, people should go on Netflix and watch Get Me Roger Stone. That's oh, the other yeah, one. yeah. Holy God. God. If you haven't seen that yet, go watch Get Me Roger Stone and Get Icarus. Those Stone. are your two. That's your required watching for the I, Bob Seska show. I have to tell you, Kimberly Johnson is my girlfriend, Kimberly Johnson is personally terrified of Roger Stone. She has this He's a creepy dude. He's very creepy. I mean every he's a time creepy we, dude. Every time we get like a wrong number or a weird <laughs> weird phone call that you know turns out to be no one on the other end of the line. It's Roger Stone. It's Roger Stone. It's Roger Stone's coming after us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So let's talk about uh, concerts and SeatGeek. Here's a few of uh, the concerts that are uh, occurring right now, concert tours happening in 2018. And you can buy tickets for these concerts at SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to sporting events, every type of live event. Let's see, there's the Vans Warped Tour that's happening right now. These are all alternative artists. Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Toby Mac, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Weezer is on tour right now, Matthew West. Uh, Natalie Grant, Eden, Verite. Uh, I don't see Compromat on this list. That's uh, no? that'd be Dave, David Ferguson's band. 
<laughs> it's too bad. Uh, the, the Harlem Gospel Choir, Bethel Music Worship Nights, and let's oh my God, Wolf Alice, the Ten Tenors, Hillsong Worship, all these great, great bands. You can buy Third Eye Blind. You can get all your tickets for all of these shows and many, many more at SeatGeek. Whether you're searching for the last minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person face-to-face, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I feel tragically uncool as you read off the list of everybody in God's I have no idea who some of those guys are. The ones are. you I recognize are so old. I know. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to get my Fleetwood Mac tickets through SeatGeek because I'm an old white guy. What was it, like Rainbow Surprise? Or I don't know. There's another band, like uh, the Newsboys are trending at number five on the top 50 alternative acts at SeatGeek right now, so <laughs> I don't know who that is. But you know what? If I did know, I would certainly buy my tickets to go see them. When does Belle Biv DeVoe come Through back? Yeah, well. Belle Biv DeVoe. That's right. But see, I've got the uh, the SeatGeek app on my phone here. I'm hitting my phone against the microphone. And it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere in just a few steps. I can instantly find seats. With SeatGeek, you save time and money while it does the searching on dozens of ticket sites, comparing prices and finding amazing deals. And SeatGeek grades every ticket to get the best bang for your buck suited to your budget. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, sports, concerts, comedy, and theater. And best of all, my listeners get 20 bucks off their first purchase. $20 off. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BOBC. Do it right now. BOBC on the SeatGeek app. Uh, that's promo code BOBC for $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right you are, Buzz. Uh, this is a band I know of. I'm fully aware of R.E.M. because I'm a middle-aged Gen Xer. old, Bob. I know. Gen X getting old is what it is. And uh, Speaking of things that are old that are new again, I, I, I've got yeah. the television on in the background as we're talking. Uh-huh. On mute, of course. And it says Florida lawmakers... Oh, no. They were talking about video games. It just switched over. But oh, they were yeah. talking about video games and gun laws and now the president I guess is meeting with representatives of the video game industry to talk yeah. about video game violence mm. I mean how this is like a 20 year old thing like I remember this happening you know in the what early to late 90s early 2000s like yeah. is video game violence responsible for violence <sighs> it's like we've been yeah. through this and they went ahead and raided video games I mean this is this is really old I mean we're going to go back to music ratings next I mean, this is, <laughs> right like, so, this is so old. It's not video games' fault. Like, let's do gun control before we have this stupid conversation about video game violence again. And yeah, and of course, Trump. Trump's never p- seen a video game, I'm sure. he was. He not. was In his uh, cabinet meeting today, he was referring to the video game uh, designers and, and companies. He was referring to them as the video companies. Like, like, oh, come gonna, on. I'm going to talk to the video companies, and we're going to get the violence out of the videos, uh, the games, too. Uh, games, video games games he doesn't know anything he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about but uh okay so uh, donald trump asked don mcgann and reince priebus about their discussions with robert Mueller's investigators once again <laughs> raising the uh, idea that maybe they need a shock collar for him Ow! and so every time he starts to uh <laughs> do something stupid like you know obstructing justice it's ah! 
right? It, it gives the impression of attempted obstruction of justice or witness tampering, although it happened after the fact. Yeah. So the question becomes, you know, A, who else is he talking to? And B, has he spoken to anybody before they interview <laughs> with Mueller's investigators? Mm-hmm. But the, the McGann one is, is interesting. Um, you know, he talked to Reince Priebus and apparently asked Reince, were they nice to you? And Reince kind of shut it down. Yeah. But the McGann conversation is interesting because he tried to tell McGann that he didn't do something he did and whether <laughs> right. he was, you know, secretly or, 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 or not so subtly hinting that McGann should uh, re- retract the fact that he tried to get Mueller fired. Um, right. McGann had to say, no, you did tell me to, to get Mueller fired. Yeah. Yeah. And then McGann threatened to resign when, when Trump floated the idea. And so now Trump is engaged in a cover up of that, for God's yeah. sake. He's trying to get McGahn to issue a statement denying that McGahn told investigators that Trump once asked him to fire special counsel Mueller. Mm-hmm. McGahn had to uh, remind Trump <laughs> that he did ask him to have Mueller fired. In the other, uh, Trump asked Priebus how his interview with Mueller's investigators had gone and whether they were nice, right? <laughs> Shut up! God, well, I see again. I'm glad that he's. I'm glad we're hearing about this. But if I was inside the White House, we're like, shut up, Mr. Mr. President. God, because when he does, <laughs> you know, when he does shit like this, he's not just putting himself in further legal jeopardy. He's making the lives of everyone around him even more difficult and expensive. Because if they were anywhere within earshot of Donald Trump, say Hope Hicks and Kellyanne Conway and whoever the fuck is in the West Wing, they're all gathered around and Trump wanders into Don McGahn's office and says, hey, Don, Don, make sure you issue a statement. And then everyone around has to scatter. Otherwise, they're going to be drawn into this web of mm-hmm. shit that Donald Trump continues to create. So meanwhile, I do wonder, it's like, do these people live their, and this is what it seems to me. These people live their entire lives breaking the law yeah. um, and, 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 and skirting the legalities and, and kind of confusing. And then at, at some point now they're under the microscope. Yeah. Like now, like now that they're in government, they've got people who are dedicated to researching and investigating all of their shady stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're finally getting caught. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's what it is. Like they've been doing. These are people who live their lives by these rules. Right. And it, if you watch Get Me Roger Stone, which I bring it up, it's because this is the world they all live in. They live in this world of like shady deals and breaking the law and skirting mm-hmm. regulations and knowing criminals and like I, I, n- making these shit people up. are not people that you would come, you or I would come across in our daily lives. Right. right? These are these are people that live in this world of impropriety and now all of a sudden we're paying closer attention because they're in government. So meanwhile, but at least they've got some people in there who kind of sort of maybe probably know what's really up because apparently according to Jim Acosta at CNN, uh, John Kelly, the chief of staff and others have warned Trump not to be talking about or speaking with witnesses in the Russia investigation. Quote, it's pretty clear that Kelly admonishes him, him being Trump, constantly, and he's not the only one, a White House official told Jim Acosta. So basically, the shot caller. Stop doing this. You're screwing all of us, for God's sake. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of some a guy who screwed himself, it turns out uh, Sam Nunberg has complied with the grand jury subpoena mm-hmm. and uh, and submitted those emails. So he's cooperating now. 
So now we get to the the really big story of the day, which is this bombshell Isakoff and David Korn book excerpt in Yahoo News. It's basically how Trump ended up bringing Miss Universe to Moscow, uh, the uh, Rob Goldstone, crazy Rob Goldstone, and the mm-hmm. Galarovs, uh, Eris and Eamon, Al- uh, Galarov. I, I guess I'm saying their names correctly. Agalarov? Is it Ag... What are you? How are you saying it? I say Aguilarov, but Ag- I don't know if that's right. Oh, okay. Well, that might. That sounds. You more, could be right. I don't know. I don't have a pronunciation guide. I just. I guess. I, I'm still trying to figure out how to say the name of that Belarusian escort who was hanging out with Oleg Deripaska, uh, Anastasia something something something. <laughs> uh, but the, so the Aguilarovs, uh, they all figure prominently in this, as does Rob Goldstone. Uh, Michael Cohen was also there. Says who? Right, that guy. So Trump. Among the many takeaways, Trump apparently vetoed Miss Universe contestants for being too ethnic or, quote unquote, too dark skinned, which is not surprising to anybody. In fact, I was wondering, should we even talk about this? Because it's well, yeah, Bob, obviously, why would why would he elevate anyone who was different looking than he is? Uh, Mm. and, And so it's a surprise, not surprise to kind of deal with that one. Uh, but here, I guess Melania doesn't qualify as too ethnic looking, right? Uh, no, uh, apparently not. Um, Eastern European is okay. Yeah, he's. I think he's thinking more African looking. I, I'm mm. pretty sure that that would be or African or Hispanic, Latino, Asian, Hispanic, Asian, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyone who doesn't look like uh, you know an orangutan is is different looking for Trump. Uh, so here's some, here's some excerpts from this thing. And then we're going to get into the Seychelles thing. I absolutely promise. Uh, so this is, uh, this is about how Trump, the Galarovs and Goldstone traveled to a nightclub in Las Vegas called the act, which by the way, the act has been shut down because of what goes on inside the act. It was no, Yeah, when you're too gross for Vegas, you've crossed a line. Yeah, this is definitely too gross for Vegas. The act was no ordinary nightclub, uh, Isakov and Korn, right? Since March, it had been the target of undercover surveillance by the Nevada Gaming Control Board and investigators for the club's landlord, the Palazzo, which was owned by GOP mega donor Sheldon Adelson, by the way. After complaints about its performances, the club featured semi-nude women performing simulated sex acts of bestiality and grotesque sadomasochism. Skit skits. They referred to them as skits, right? Like, yeah. like somehow Tim Conway was involved. Like a camp skit, yeah. <laughs> right. Skits that a few months later would prompt a Nevada state judge to issue an injunction barring any more of its lewd and offensive performances. Among the club's regular acts cited by the judge was once called Hot for Teacher, in which naked college college girls simulate urinating on a professor. What is this peeing thing? What is this? I didn't realize that many people were into it. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. Wasn't I know, golden showers and blah, blah, blah. But like, is that that much of a call for it? Are there that many people who are like, yes, I'd like to see peeing? Did did you notice that Stormy Daniels, alias in the NDA, is the initials are (laughs) PP? <laughs> I'm, I'm not making that up. It literally I know that, up. but I didn't put two and two together. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So there's. So uh, again, wherever Trump goes, there's there's girls urinating on each other nearby somewhere. It's just you know the two rules of Trump: where everything Trump touches turns to shit, and wherever Trump goes, there are probably girls urinating nearby. This is the two Trump travel rules. In another act, two women disrobe and then, quote, one female stands over the other female 
and simulates urinating while the other female catches the urine in two wine glasses. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, nothing weird about that. Simulated? How do you simulate urinating? I I don't know what. What is simulated urination? Is there an elaborate uh, uh, series of tubes? Is there is there a series of tubes? A series of tubes. A series of tubes. A series of tubes. Uh, okay, so the act shut down after the judge's ruling. There's no public record of which skits were performed the night Trump was present. So it's possible that there was no urinating in front of Trump, but p- probably there was. We can assume there was. I think it's safe to assume that there was. And then uh, this, uh, we, we move forward in time. And during the uh, Miss Universe pageant in Moscow, there was a brief meeting with Miss Universe executives and the Galarovs. Keith Schiller who, by the way, is excellent as Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad, would later tell congressional investigators that a Russian approached Trump's party with an offer. He wanted to send five women to Trump's hotel room that night. This was traditional Russian courtesy. Wow. Or an overture by Russian intelligence to collect compromat on the prominent visitor. Schiller said he didn't take the offer seriously and told the Russian... We don't do that type of stuff. Uh-huh. Sure. I bet. Yeah, no. This. Bump. That really happened. It's, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> so Trump re- says he doesn't do drugs or drink, right? Right. How does he stay up? And he's in his 60s when all this is happening. Yeah. How is it he's staying up all night? Uh, lots of Diet Coke and uh, Adderall. <laughs> I, think I mean, the there's got to be something. I was thinking about that because there was uh, there was another woman, uh, this female business person who had taken pictures with him on Instagram, who said that she really admired him, and yeah. some Russian woman. I don't remember her name. She wasn't all that important in the saga yet, um, but she said that he stayed up all night and went to a party late into the night or whatever it was. Jesus and crazy. The, there were no hookers and whatever it happened to be. But the, it made me think about this is a man who doesn't party. What uh-huh. does partying all night mean for a man who doesn't party? <laughs> yeah. I mean, How is he staying? He's a man in his 60s. Right. Right. I think he was. How is 60, he, I mean, you know. 67 at the time of Miss Universe, I think he was. Yeah, 67. like how is he staying up all night without drinking or doing drugs or any sort of, and I, and he's jet lagged from all the travel. I, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be 47 in July, and if I don't get I nine, need a nap. Yeah, I, I mean, if I, don't, if I don't get nine hours, I'm just completely useless the next day. Right? Somehow I mean, I used to go dancing at midnight. Now, if I'm still out at midnight, somebody needs to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. And you know what? I, I, yeah, I really believe that Trump has a serious Adderall problem. I think you know when he gets he gets really snappy with his dialogue. Not snappy into well, certainly snappy in terms of being rude. But he can zip it, bip, 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 and he always does that bing bong, bing bong, bing bing bong yeah. thing. thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I mean it's either cocaine or Adderall, and the most the most likely answer is probably Adderall. It's a prescription drug. It's not illegal. It's not considered you know an illegal drug, which Trump apparently doesn't do. But right. it would have similar effects to cocaine, and so far it was it, it would make him come up with uh, answers more quickly and be able to rattle off sentences more rapidly and insert all kinds yeah. of things. Just makes him sharper overall, and I'm I'm absolutely convinced because sometimes it works, and and you can tell, and sometimes he's just slow, slow talking, uh, Mr. Magoo Trump, and you know it's just, it varies, yeah. but. 
That would make sense. Yeah. So I think Adderall is in the mix there. Probably keeps him up late. Um, okay. So we continue down. At each pageant, Miss Universe staffers would set up a special room for Trump backstage. Oh, good. He's got a special room. It had to conform to his precise requirements. He needed his favorite snacks, Nutter Butters and White Tic Tacs. Oh, gross. Yummy. Oh, well, we know about the Tic Tacs from the, uh, from the Access, Access Hollywood, Hollywood tape. Yeah, yeah. And Diet Coke. So, Nutter Butters, White Tic Tacs, and Diet Coke. I'm sure. He just has bad taste in everything. Just, <laughs> just gotta be gas man, gastro man Donald Trump. Because if you're doing nothing but eating Nutter Butters, uh, White Tic Tacs, and Diet Coke, it's just all day. <laughs> just totally that. Uh, there could be no distracting pictures on the wall either. The room had to be immaculate. He required, <laughs> what a prima donna, unscented soap and hand towels, and the hand towels had to be rolled, not folded. I wonder if that's just a bullshit writer or if this is just him being crazy fucking Donald Trump with all his neuroses. I think it's the latter. In this room would be videos of the finalists who had been selected days earlier in a preliminary competition and the other contestants, particularly footage of the women in gowns and swimsuits. Here, can you imagine him just alone with these videos? No. Here, no. here a day or two before the final telecast, Trump would review the judges' decisions. Frequently, Trump would toss out finalists and replace them with others he preferred. Quote, if there were too many women of color... He would make changes, a Miss Universe staffer later noted. Another Miss Universe staffer recalled, recalled, quote, he often thought a woman was too ethnic or too dark-skinned. He had a particular type of woman he thought was a winner. Others were too ethnic, Stretch Cunningham. He liked a type. There was Olivia Culpo, Dianara Torres, the 1993 winner, and no surprise, East European women, unquote. On occasion, according to the staffer, Trump would reject a woman Quote, who had snubbed his advances. Oh, jeez. Gross. While once in a while, Shugart would politely challenge Trump's choices. I guess she's another staffer in the Miss Universe contest. Sometimes she would win the argument, sometimes not. Quote, if he didn't like a woman because she looked too ethnic, you could sometimes persuade him by telling him she was a princess and married to a football player, a staffer oh, later God. explained. So basically, we're getting... The same kind of information we're getting out of the White House, which is that everyone has to treat Trump like he's a child. And, uh -huh. and everyone knows how to easily manipulate him just by telling him a big fib. Like, oh, yes, that ethnic woman is married to football player X. He's married to Troy Aikman. And, and oh, by the way, she's also a princess, a princess of Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Namibia. Wakanda, Wakanda, Nambia are the greatest places in Africa. So wonderful. They love football players there. They love America there. Yeah, sure. Okay. Schiller, by other accounts, uh, this we're moving on. We're moving forward here. Schiller, who's Keith Schiller, who's his bodyguard, by other accounts, mm -hmm. was accustomed to being a go-between for Trump. In a 2011 interview with InTouch Weekly magazine that was not published until early 2018, Stormy Daniels, a porn star who claimed she had an 11-month-long affair with Trump, identified Schiller as the Trump aide who facilitated her secret liaisons with Trump. Quote, that's how I got in touch with him, Daniels said. I never had Donald's cell phone number. I always used Keith's. I went up to a room and he said, oh, yeah, he's waiting for you inside. Oh, boy, isn't that fun? Jesus Christ. So you got to read more of this. There's all kinds of other stuff about uh, 
about the Galarovs and Rob Goldstone and Trump's various trips to Miss Universe and how right after uh, uh, the, the Miss Universe pageant is how all of this crap with Putin got started. So interesting um, to me that Schiller's with him for years and years and years, and then he gets to be president of the United States and Schiller takes off. I mean, yeah. he's with him for a short period of time, but Schiller doesn't want any part of it after a certain point. It seems to me, I, I, I made the joke and it still stands. It's like, do these people know that Mueller still can find them after they leave the White House? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's it, right. It's they're, like they resign and they think they're going to be off the hook. It's like, dude, he, he can still find you. Yeah. Like you're, you don't disappear once you quit the White House. They're not like, Mueller, very bright. Mueller still got all this information. Yeah, they're all the, you know, they really are. They're the, uh, they're the smart people. We're like the stupid people. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, the, have, we have breaking news. Apparently, oh, Adam no. Schiff has subpoenaed Lewandowski for answers. So Lewandowski left after about three hours. He was testifying today again before the House Intelligence Committee. And the news is that he didn't answer all the questions and Schiff has Jesus. subpoenaed him. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That's It's kind of in the crawl now on MSNBC or the uh, banner on MSNBC. So I'd have to turn up the volume to know what's going on. But interesting. It says that, that, yeah, that Lewandowski didn't answer all the questions and and that they've subpoenaed him. So oh, fuck. I, it's not a surprise. Well, wh- why don't we take uh, one last break and we'll come back. We'll talk about this uh, Mueller uh, investigating the, the 2017 Seychelles meeting. Uh, back with more show right after these words. What? I said my ass hurts. Huh? Oh, geez. Someone thought I was a chocolate bunny and took a huge bite out of my ass. And it hurts. I, I can barely hear you. Someone took a bite out of my ears. Man, I know we look like chocolate. We smell like chocolate. But people can't eat us. We're soap. Want to fill your Easter basket with fabulous treats that aren't loaded with sugar? Check out all the Easter soap goodies from Bubble Genius, like our Here Comes Peter Chocolate Tail Soap, also available in pre-chomped My Ass Hurts gift baskets. What did she just say? Vegan and bunny friendly bath and body from BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, thank you for joining us today on our, uh, what day is it, Thursday? Yeah, it's Thursday. It's our Thursday show with Jackie Schechter from InvestigateRussia.org. Book a market now. Uh, okay. So Mueller is investigating this uh, Seychelles meeting, which we've been talking about for quite some time I just time want to correct now. something really quick. Apparently, they haven't subpoenaed him. They're considering subpoenaing. Oh, I see. Yeah. And you know what? If I were the Republicans, especially on that House Intelligence Committee, at some point, I would get really pissed off about being manhandled by everyone. The Democrats or the, or by, the Republicans? No, by, by the Trump people. Oh. I, every Trump person that comes in there is like, no, nah, I'm not going to answer. And yeah, the, and it's the Republicans a joke. Like, I mean... The house and I feel bad. I mean, you've got such great people, Eric Swalwell and, yeah. and Rep Schiff and Spears, and you know they're Quigley. Like they're all trying really hard to do their job, yeah. which is figure out what happened and to mm-hmm. help protect the country from Russian uh, interfering again. Yeah, and instead they've got all of these 
dummies on the committee who are trying to protect themselves, uh, you know, are like, nothing to see here. Let's shut it all down. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. I mean, people forget this. Devin Nunes was on the Trump transition team. Yeah. So whatever happened during the Trump transition, Nunes knows about it. Yeah. And he's the Republican in charge of the House Intelligence Committee investigation. Now, even though he allegedly recused himself, he never did. And he has full subpoena power. Yeah. So he's the one who's directing this thing off the rails as often as possible and trying to steer it in a direction that attacks the FBI and the Mm -hmm. DOJ. And Conaway, although for some time seemed to be participating in something that looked like an honest investigation, is now willing to shut the whole thing down. So, you know... it's it's hard. I mean, you have to imagine if you're a member of Congress trying to do the right thing and, and you're getting thwarted at every turn yeah. by this Republican majority, it's got to be infuriating. And then you got the Trump people coming in to testify saying, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. And the Republicans <laughs> not willing to subpoena them. It looks like they're now backing down on the subpoena for Bannon. It doesn't look like they're going to do anything about Hicks. Oh, now they got Lewandowski refusing to answer questions. I mean, what's the point if these people are coming in and being like, nah, I'm yeah. not going to answer that. Right. We don't need to talk to you. And, and it's yeah, at, at some point they've just got to become They've got to reach the uh, conclusion that they're being manipulated by Trump, that they're just being constantly used and abused by the president. And which leads me to believe, again, that people like Devin Nunes are absolutely compromised. There's some sort of absolutely damning there is no question. Why else would you be trying to, to stop this? Yeah. And I, I, you know what? I think participating in all of this is Roger Stone, because I don't think Vladimir Putin's the only one who's digging up dirt on all of these people that Trump has to deal with. I think oh, Roger that's Stone. That's a good thought. That I, Stone's doing it on his own. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't put that past Stone for a second. This guy's accumulating compromising information. That, I mean, why do you think Sam Nunberg went batshit the other day? Uh, I don't know if it was just for PR or for fun or just because he was drunk and high or whatever. I, I think it was because he was trying to protect Roger Stone, at least putting on a show in that regard, because Roger Stone has shit on Sam Nunberg. He's got well, damn they go way back. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, there's something he's afraid of when it comes to Stone. But mm-hmm. also, I mean, I, part of me thinks that Nunberg snapped. I mean, if he has a drinking problem, I don't yeah. know if he does. But it does seem, I mean, you, you know, we've seen where this, where people have substance abuse issues, where things push them over the edge, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, we know this all too well. Yeah. So well, I, I, mean, I think that, you know, he, he probably started to go through the emails and felt overwhelmed and he's under a lot of pressure and he just he snapped and he did it in a very public way. And it's embarrassing and terrible. But he turned around the next day and, and said, look, yes, of course, I'm going to cooperate. So right. I think it was a, I think Stone may have pushed him. Either he found something in the emails that scared him or Stone pushed him in some way. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a shady dude and he doesn't operate on the norms that the rest of us do. Right. Like nothing's off limits for Stone. So no. yeah, I mean, I definitely think he's involved. Yeah. Well, he's certainly evolved and I, I think he's certainly, uh, been spending a lot of time. I mean, if Sam Nunberg has got serious substance abuse problems and apparently he's going to rehab, which makes it pretty serious, then there can be all kinds of things linked to that behavior that would uh, would be nice material for for Roger Stone to collect on this guy, just in case 
just in case some shit hits the fan and he needs a, yeah. a, a pardon the pun, a trump card to use against Sam Nunberg. I mean, you know, you keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, that sort of thing. So we let's get another development too. Manafort entered a not guilty plea on tax and bank fraud charges. And his <laughs> trial is going to be in July. Um, wow. So, Old man yeah, I mean, jail. welcome to my life. Like I take an yeah. hour and a half out to chit chat with you <laughs> and all heck breaks. Loose. Yes. 20 yeah, things occur. I mean, this I, is my life. I run out of room. So if you go to investigaterussia.org, I run out of room on the homepage, no joke, for new stories every day. Like, there's too many stories. Yeah. Um, so everything's on Twitter. I would highly recommend that people follow us on Twitter uh, because all of the stories end up on Twitter. But I only have room for so many stories on the homepage of the website. So yeah. I end up running out of room. I have to I have to triage what's most important because there's so much stuff breaking every day. What, at what point is this shit going to be, like, weaponized by future Trump clones where they say, hey, you know what? The best way to get away with shit is to just do all kinds of like hundreds of bad things every week. All and at then one no- time. Yeah. yeah. And then no one will be able to focus on any of it and we'll get away with all of it. And that's exactly well, I think what's part happening. Part of that's intentional. If you flood the zone, then yeah. people can't keep track of what's going on. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's accidental that all this stuff is happening around the same time. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. Flooding the zone. That's per, I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down now. Uh, okay, I didn't make it up. It came from somebody, but I don't know. You'll have to attribute it to someone. I well, mean, Trump could say he made it up. Nobody ever used the phrase flood the zone before I did. It's totally yeah, me. It was brand new. I just made it up. Uh, let's talk about the Seychelles meeting yes, because this, please, is, this is getting crazy. There's a new guy involved who's cooperating with uh, with Mueller. He's a guy named George Nader. Uh, he's an advisor to the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. And so Mueller is looking into this meeting where apparently Trump was looking to set up a back channel to Moscow for, hmm, I don't know why, why would he want to do that? Um, so, so walk us through this, Jackie. Uh, there's a new Washington Post piece about this uh, out today. And it's, uh, of course, it's all caught in the fire hose of news. And, you know, so I, I want to take a little bit of time before we jump into the postmortem show to, uh, to discuss what's going on there. Yeah, so I'll see if I can start at the beginning of this. So investigators knew that Eric Prince, who is the founder of the private military firm Blackwater. Right. He's also the brother of Betsy DeVos, who is the secretary of education, and he's also a big Trump donor. Yeah. So he went to the Seychelles in January of 2017 and had a meeting. And we've known about this meeting. And what he says is he went down there, had a meeting with some representatives from the United Arab Emirates about his own private business dealings, that he was not down there as a representative. He wasn't officially a part of the Trump transition, and he had no official role. Uh, but he said he went down there to have a conversation uh, for his private business. Yeah. While he was down there, somebody said, hey, there's this Russian hedge fund, or not hedge fund, but a Russian fund manager mm-hmm. uh, that you should meet with, you should chat with. And he says that he went down there and had a beer with the guy. The conversation lasted less than a half an hour, whatever the time it took to drink a beer. He doesn't even remember his name. They didn't ex- <laughs> exchange business cards. Mm-hmm. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't important to anything, and they haven't spoken since. Mm-hmm. That right. was the story that he told. Yeah. Then there was some good investigative reporting that found out the name of the guy that was down there, the Russian. And the Russian turns out to be a banker who has close ties to Putin. Okay. So 
then we find out they ask him when he when Prince goes and testifies before the House Intelligence Committee, he admits that that's the name of the guy, but then sticks to the story that it was just recommended as a side thing, that he happened to be there at the same time, that he'd go and meet with him, but nothing came of it. It was inconsequential, nothing important. It was brief, blah, blah, blah. Now we find out this guy, George Nader's name pops up. And his name popped up, I guess, like middle of January is when it first arose. And there's just some chatter about what kind of connections the United Arab Emirates may have with Jared Kushner and some potential. Is there political influence? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Is there some connection here? It just kind of trickled out like who this Nader guy is. And it turns out that he is an advisor uh, to the United Arab Emirates. Now we find out that he's cooperating with Mueller. Not only have investigators interviewed him a whole bunch of times, but now he's testified before a grand jury. And what we found out about Nader is that he was at this meeting in the Seychelles, Mm -hmm. that he connected the United Arab Emirates and Eric Prince and the Russian bank guy oh, that God. the UAE was under the impression that that Prince was in fact a representative of the Trump transition that the banker was there as a representative of Putin that this was a three-way meeting it was set up in advance and it was totally intentional that it took place and the United Arab Emirates is interested because they wanted to see if they could convince Russia to disalign itself with Iran and kind of help out in Syria and then but, the by United the way, States the only the only three-way not involving urine and Donald Trump There you go yes yes and then the <laughs> the other angle of this is that part of getting Russia to cooperate would be the loosening of sanctions. So it all comes full circle in this regard, and Nader's testifying that this was all intentional and that this was all set up in advance, which contradicts what Prince's testimony has been, uh, and it seems to, to give truth to the assumption that this was, in fact, an effort to set up a back-channel communication between the Trump administration, or the Trump transition, and then the administration and the Kremlin, which also uh, then harkens back to Jared Kushner's meetings with mm-hmm. Sergei Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, oh where God. they tried to allegedly set up a back-channel avenue for the Trump transition slash administration and Russia. Wow. Um, this is this is all interconnected. And then, adding on top of this, I said, remind me to come back to Scaramucci. Uh-huh. So Scaramucci apparently had a meeting with the same Russian banker uh, that was down in the Seychelles. And that information was something that CNN reported on uh, and then went and had to retract because the reporting <laughs> didn't allegedly meet its editorial standards. But it turned out to be true. Three oh, the, people yeah, the, got fired for right, that reporting. Right. That reporting now seems to be true. So even though CNN stands by the fact that the reporters were fired or producers were fired uh, because the the reporting itself didn't meet their editorial standards, uh, but now we're finding out that what they reported was true. Oh, my God. So CNN has got to uh, uh, issue an apology, wouldn't they? I mean, you well, think they would. Well, they're, they're standing by the firing saying that they didn't follow protocol to have things fact-checked in the capacity that they should be. Right. But what's interesting is that Scaramucci went after CNN for that report, 
and proving that he's a big fat liar, uh, what CNN was reporting was true. Well, yeah, and not only that, but Trump has gone after CNN for this. I mean, didn't they compile that list of the most dishonest people in the media, the biggest uh, offenders in the fake news media, like the GOP posted, GOP.com posted the whole list, and CNN, oh, I think, yeah. was number Trump's one. fake awards or whatever Yeah, the fake news awards, and CNN, because of that story, was number one on the fake news awards. Right, and it turns out it's it true. It turns out to be true. And then knowing all of this, he goes and tries to hire, or he hires Scaramucci. It lasted 10 days, but he <laughs> hires Scaramucci to be his communications director. Yeah. I mean, think about that, right? All of this back channel stuff is going on trying to set up. Oh, and then Scaramucci is quoted as saying uh, that he thought that sanctions were a bad idea because they, they uh, hindered relations. They weren't doing any good and they were hindering relations with Russia. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, and isn't there another angle to all of this? Isn't Mueller looking into uh, whether this guy, George Nader, uh, this advisor to the UAE, they're looking into whether or not he was funneling money from the UAE to support Trump's political campaign. Yeah, there's also that, right, is what kind of foreign political contributions there were yeah. uh, to the Trump campaign. Which I mean, and I've been saying that for I've been saying that since during the campaign, since yeah. I mean, certainly after we heard about Russia's interference in around uh, July of 2016, I've been saying, you know, I wonder if because Trump was talking about throughout the primaries about how he was using his own money for the campaign. Yeah, no. Trump doesn't use his own goddamn money for anything. For anything. He, uh, he scotch yeah. tapes his, his tie together, for God's sake, and still use whatever it is that Aquanet hairspray that he uses to, to plaster that fucking uh, swirly hue on his head. But, but you know what? He's not spending his own money on the campaign. So I was thinking, is this Russian money? Is he using Russian money to spend on the campaign? It does seem awfully suspicious that, uh, you know, all it, it took him a long time to... Uh, he said he was going to spend his own money and then it took him a long time to actually forgive. He said he was loaning it, right? And then yeah. he had to forgive the loan because Republican donors didn't want to give money knowing that Trump was likely going to just pocket it. <laughs> so he had to forgive the loan in order. He said he loaned it and then he had to forgive the loan in order for Republican donors to start giving money again. I don't know if you remember, but during the campaign, there was a lull there yeah. where money had kind of dried up because they were afraid that he was going to take the donor money and pay himself back. Yeah. Now, um, so it, it is awfully interesting that the there was a time lapse there. There was a, a gap in time before he was willing to do that. It does beg to question whether the money was coming from outside sources. And then Senator, and I'll let you go. I, I mean, I'll let you continue, but I just want to make sure I get this in, is that Senator Ron Wyden's doing a really good job, too, of trying to stay on this NRA money issue mm -hmm. because there is some question as to whether the Russians funneled money to Trump through the NRA. Oh, Jesus And right. Wyden is, is staying on it and asking for more and more information about this. And these are the kinds of tentacles that we that don't get enough attention because there's so much news in the press that under any other circumstance, this stuff would be, would be important. But there's so many other huge stories that are drowning out the details um, that it's important to note that, that there are great actors uh, in, in Congress, we're trying very hard to stay on top of these extra details. Let me ask you this, Jackie. When I initially heard about this story, when it was first reported that Eric Prince went to the Seychelles and, and met with uh, Russian officials and, and uh, perhaps Arab officials, uh, it was it was mentioned that the meeting was to discuss a, a back channel about Syria. 
uh, with the Kremlin, uh, you know, a U.S. Kremlin back channel to discuss what's going on in the Syrian civil war. Is is that still do you think that that is a cover story? Do you think that is subterfuge to disguise the real purpose of the back channel? Or do you think that's honestly the back channel? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to no, give I mean, Trump I the benefit think- of the doubt here. Yeah, I mean, it does seem based on the story that there was some interest in the UAE in getting cooperation to getting them to stop supporting, see if they could get Russia to stop deciding with Iran in in Syria um, and to get some cooperation. It does seem like that was part of it. But what the story yesterday added was that in order to get Russia to cooperate, the U.S. would have to agree to... Uh, rollback sanctions, mm-hmm. right? So it, it does make sense that that would be like Russia. What Russia wants is these sanctions to go away. I mean, yeah. that's that's yeah. Putin's pet project because he he looks really bad if he can't protect his oligarchs, <laughs> right? Like, like Putin, Putin not being able to protect his oligarchs from limitations by the United States makes Putin look weak. It looks like he yeah. can't control things. Right. So he wants these sanctions rolled back that are hindering his international business and are making him look weaker in the eyes of his oligarchs. So this is his top. I mean, this is his pet project. This is why adoptions are, are code for sanctions. I mean, this is mm-hmm. what Putin cares about more than anything, and he's attacking it from. Every every angle. So it makes total sense that the UAA would go into it, but the concession on behalf of the United States in order to make that happen would be rolling back sanctions. You know, and one one last question for you, and I don't even know if you have the answer to this, but just out of curiosity, um, has there been any update in terms of whether or not the Trump administration has actually implemented, and I, I know the answer is probably no, but is there any indication that Trump has actually implemented the the sanctions that he no. he in fact signed no. last fall? They've done nothing. They've and, done nothing. And okay. This is the fourth time now that Steve Mnuchin has come out and said any day now. Uh, it's coming. It's coming soon. This is yeah. the fourth time in the last week. Uh, he said it since January when they were supposed to pass the sanctions and they hadn't. Mnuchin promised again that it's coming uh, very soon. They're coming. Very soon, meaning four times he said soon. To the year twenty twenty eight. They'll, Coming they'll, they'll eventually, any day now. It'll eventually happen. Sometimes when, when we get around to it, we we may impose these sanctions that you know the Republicans in Congress passed and Donald Trump actually signed. It just it's such a weird maneuver for him to have signed the sanctions bill. And then to not implement it. I just wonder what his weird... No, the threat is deterrent enough. Yeah. The threat is deterrent enough. <laughs> right, right. And of course, there, no one's done more than Trump to, to to stop Russia from doing what they're doing. Because Trump, Trump's done all kinds of shit. More, more than Obama and Bush combined. Yeah, right. And Putin mm. called him balanced. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Putin, uh, never believe a word Putin says. And if you want more evidence of that, watch the uh, the documentary film Icarus. Oh, my God. Of course, they're caught dead to rights scamming the uh, the Olympics and doing this whole state sponsor. Don't ruin it for it. people. Just tell people to go watch it. It's awesome. Yes, please. God damn it. Go watch it. It's so good. And, and just gives you a whole new... Well, it, it confirms a lot of things. Let's put it that way. Confirms a lot of things that you might believe about Putin and Russia and what they're up to. Uh, okay, so we got the big post-mortem show coming up next on our Patreon page. Go to our Patreon page by clicking bobseska.com, and, and just, just beneath the logo, there's the all-caps Patreon link, and that'll take you right to our Patreon page. Meanwhile, some plugs here. Jackie Schechner can be found at investigaterussia.org, and at Jackie Schechner on Twitter, that's S-C-H-E-C-H-N-E-R. 
Buzz Burbank's at buzzburbank.com. Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. Kimberly Johnson's at patreon.com slash startmeup. That is her podcast. And on Twitter at at author Kimberly. David Ferguson's at facebook.com slash compromatban and T-Rex to see on Twitter. Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. And of course, Stephanie Miller is at stephaniemiller.com and at Steph Miller Show on Twitter. That's the show. See you on the Postmortem Show. Bye-bye. It's, it's a series of tubes. <laughs>